Before we kick off another episode of our Chalk Talk podcast, today's kind of lead-in is a request to all of our coaches and teachers who've been enjoying these podcasts. All we ask is you maybe go tell a friend, coach, or colleague about all the different things that we talk about and maybe see if they want to check it out as well. You know, as a small company, small operation, we appreciate kind of the word of mouth that you guys all spread and the community that we have. So, you know, any any nudge to come check us out and listen to the podcast is much appreciated. Today we are talking about everyone's favorite topic in the vert and jumping. Uh, so for our basketball coaches and volleyball coaches and all those folks that have heard I want my athletes to jump higher, this podcast is for you and many others. So without further ado, we'll jump in. This is Chalk Talk presented by Platform. Let's go. All right, as we kick this one off, Coach Brez, another EDU-style podcast. Uh, I said it kind of almost facetiously at the front end of the, the podcast, but I think any coach who works with a sport that has any jumping and related has had athletes come to them saying, like, Coach, I want a jump program. So um, that has led coaches to say to themselves, like, wait, is there a jump program I should be giving my kids? Because, you know, they want it. And I'm talking about any sport where we – associate with a better vertical would be you know better for you in your in your game in terms of basketball volleyball even to a certain extent things like soccer even maybe going up for headers things like that we all kind of know the sports that you know want that jumping ability basketball and volleyball probably the main two in terms of like where's that jump program at so um worth a full conversation we talked about plyometrics and jumping and different things in previous episodes but we are going to talk pretty strictly about the vertical and kind of break down the considerations for that one. Yeah. No, it's a good topic because it is really weird um, just how popular or attractive the idea of the vert is for some reason. So everything you just said, I I've heard that a million times. I've had coaches uh, you know, that I work with that say like, well, you know, we don't want to do the football program. You know, we want to have something that improves our vert because we're a basketball team or uh, like those are, you know, within the, the school that I work with or then, you know, coaches that reach out via platform that says, you know, my athletes really want to improve their vert or their basketball coach wants a different program or the volleyball coach wants a different program. Yeah. So it, that's certainly a part of it. But I think it, it's it's really unique in that. This is a great example of, I think, why the vert gets just so focused on. Every summer we do a training competition, um, very low stakes, uh, about motivation and buy-in. And we've talked about it before. Um, it, it is incredible what happens when you make the test that week, the vert, and you pull out the vert test equipment, which for us is just one of those stationary poles with the, the tickers at the top. Yeah, yeah. And you reach out. Kids go bananas. Kids come out. Kids that show up to the weight room that I've never seen before that are like, I want to I want to test my vert. Like, if that thing's tucked in the corner, somebody will pull it out almost every single day. Yeah. It's, for some reason, there's just this mystique or interest around the vert that's just undeniable. And it drives some of this because it's so sexy to some people, some kids, some coaches. Um, and it, it is worth diving into because it is one of those things that regardless of like what sport you play or, um, you know, what your experience is with training, for some reason, the vert is just so attractive to so many people. Right. And I think a big part of that is because like you said, like you, you now there's new kind of tech 
technology machines that allow you to test it in different ways, but there's that traditional like jump and hit the sticks and it's in the NFL combine, yes. right? It's in all of the different ways that you see like it's almost every like like pump up promo video, you see the guy with like the upward angle going to jump and slapping the thing. Like yeah. it, it, it's to your point, sexy, and it is, in my understanding, what some people like to do in terms of like a test of power, mm -hmm. which is another thing that is kind of like, you know, a, a, a big appeal, especially when it comes to athletic performance, is power and all of those different types of things that are associated with that word. So therefore, the vert is like put on that pedestal. Um, so like, is that a fair test first off of power? Is there, you know... Are, where well, yeah. does it where does it relate to the bigger picture even? Well, so I think that's that's where I'd like to go. So l talking about what the vert is and what it is not is an important uh, conversation starter because I think a lot of people seek to improve the vert, thinking that it is a be all end all um, because it's so visual in sport. You can kind of see where it's applicable. You know, going up for a rebound or going up for a spike in volleyball makes a lot of sense. If we're if we can jump higher, we're going to be better. Um, but and of course, it's used in the combine and other things. So people see it a lot, so that they that it resonates with them. Of oh, that's our goal. But I think it's really important to remember that um, there is a much larger picture mm -hmm. and understanding where the vert in and of itself um, fits within that larger picture is important. Um, the vert is certain things and it is not certain things. So what is it? It is a single rep of a bilateral um, sagittal plane movement, AKA up and down with two legs. That's an important um, expression of power and you can use it as one of the ways in which you test athletic power. It obviously has direct translation to certain aspects of sport. But beyond that, that one instance of a bilateral vertical jump, it doesn't necessarily play a larger role within performance, let alone training. You can jump side to side in the frontal plane. You can jump most frequently on one leg, which is again, no way, shape or form um, tied to necessarily in a direct way that bilateral jump, AK two-legged. Um, and not to mention, I think a max effort anything is only so relevant to performance as it describes your maximum potential rather than all the other ways that you will utilize anything jumping. So we're not even talking about, does it just describe your jumping ability? It describes one version of your jumping ability. Yeah. It's not the broad jump. It's not a unilateral jump. It's not lateral, AKA side to side. It's not at any angle. It's not for any sort of repetition. Well, it's, I think the other big part of it too, is it's not really reflective of what we talk about a lot is like, what's the fourth quarter look like? Or like the final set, like, yeah. like if you go to, if you go to jump and your legs are gassed, it's a little bit different than the, you know, this is the main focus of today's session. We are going to test that vert. It's not the same number. Now, does the number have some value? Does it help yes. move people in the right direction? Sure, but it's maybe not always the most, like, reflective, like you said, of the bigger picture. It should never be your prime goal. Yeah. Right, because what are you leaving on the table if you say all we care about is improving our vertical jump? Think about basketball. Well, yeah, every athlete will be better off if they can jump higher. Sure, but your slight three, five, 10% increase on a vertical jump by pouring all your effort into that 
are you missing out on a whole lot of other things that are involved in basketball? Probably. Yeah. Um, and I think, we'll, and we'll unwrap this, is to get better at the jump, you need to get better of all the other things that are also sure. important. So um, let's maybe not, I'm not a big fan of saying like, we, should, we do a vert program. Why? Yeah. And I think that's a good place to go into because like that is what the question is that we get a lot is mm -hmm. like, well, where's the vert program? I see you got, you know, athletic performance program. I see you got an intro program. I see you have an in season and an off season, but like, where's the, where's the jump program? Right. And I think there are people out there that will sell you on that um, because it's the sexy thing. And I think that's the unfortunate part of it is that there are plenty of people who have kind of that like to stand on and, and people will listen to that will say like, yeah, we got the vert program for you because it, it sells. Well, and, and this is where it's tough because, uh, it's very akin to speed, right? There's a lot of speed trainers out there that will sell you uh, on a program that will make you faster. That's somehow supposedly different than the program that'll make you a better athlete in total, which, you know, any good strength and conditioning coach will do. And the same thing goes with the vert. The funny thing is though, beyond the marketing packaging, the program is going to look very similar to what anybody might prescribe for, you know, complete athletic development. So it's tough. And, and people do ask for like, where is your vertical improvement program or what should I do for my basketball team so that we improve our vert? And it's like, well, if you really want to improve your vert, if you're willing, I'd like to explain to you why our program will improve that amongst a lot of other things by doing X, Y, and Z. Sure, and that's my favorite point, and it sounds like you're gonna be willing to do it, is the circle it, right? Like, let's talk about what are the actual things that we're doing within any program, and I'm not asking you for the the direct specific of any given workout, but like the larger modes and capacities, much like we've talked about a lot of times, and I think it's almost in the same vein, is if we're thinking of vert as like power development, we've talked about previous episodes about what power represents um, and what other things need to be there. Um, probably first and foremost, and I'll let you dive into all of them, X, Y, and Z, but like, because we're talking power, we're talking about strength being one of them, mm -hmm. right? Speed, those other things that have to do with it. Yeah. So. I we can break it all down. I think what, what makes the most sense is to, to think about what goes into improving a vertical. And this is 100% um, well-researched, well-documented. Everything we know would suggest that uh, improving your vertical is a direct result of a well-balanced, complete athletic development program. What that means is you're gonna hit a lot of different things. And the first one of those is, as you said, strength. Um, many would argue that before you do any sort of even jumping, which is an important part, you you need to develop a certain level of strength for just one coordination ability and you know injury prevention, safety, etc. But strength is absolutely you know a part of the the equation because we want to look at power. Power is absolutely something that every athlete can and should be training and has a direct effect on your, your jumping ability. So what is power? And we've done this before, but we'll, we'll do it kind of again with you know specific um, mind uh, paid towards the vertical jump. If you improve your strength, AKA lifting heavy loads slowly, you improve the total amount of force your body can produce. So think heavy squats front and back, heavy deadlifts, equals more force that you can generate into the ground, which then propels you off of the ground, right? Equal and opposite reaction, et cetera. We know that back squat is directly linked to 
Sprint speed and jump height. Deadlift, the exact same thing. Front squat, the exact same thing. So if you improve and work on lower body strength development, which is all of those things we just talked about, working at 85% of your one rep max and developing that one rep you know, ability, whether you're actually getting to one rep or just working you know, within those uh, intensity levels, you will improve your, your vertical jump. Mm -hmm. Even if you did nothing else, if you just did heavy squats and heavy deadlifts, your jump's going to improve. Yep. But that's only one side of power, which again, we've already said that we really want power for a lot of different things with athletics. And if we're talking vertical jump, it's an important piece as well. So how do you improve um, power alongside uh, strength? You need to work on speed or velocity, however you want to talk about it, is the rate of your force development. So how quickly can you apply the force that you've generated or improved upon with your heavy squats, heavy deadlifts? Plyometrics, absolutely. Body weight jumps, even loaded jumps are totally uh, a valid option here, um, as are um, the Oli lifts, which are kind of a bridge between that strength and power. You know, we've talked about this at length in the power uh, production podcast, so I would highly recommend people tune into that if they're curious about what really goes in in depth to, sure. you know, power training. Mm -hmm. But power is 100% um, going to be a result of both strength development and speed development. Speed development is going to be those plyos, those olies, and actual sprinting and you know body weight jumping, etc. So if you generate more force and you generate it quicker, you will jump higher. Yep. Period. They've shown that just jumping does nowhere near the same effect as jumping and resistance training when it comes to vertical jump improvement. Working on it. And they've showed the, the, the opposite is also true if you're jumping and uh, if you're strength training and not jumping or, or sprinting, it's gonna go up but not as much as together. Yep. Um, so first and foremost, strength and speed, aka power, is one of the biggest things that you're gonna wanna work on to improve your vertical. It's also probably the single greatest thing that any athlete can work on for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And, and I think that's a good, like, building block of the two um, and probably worth starting to just get into, like, the little parts of it that come with it. Um, I know you're going to get into this probably later, but even with some of this stuff, it will. I'll want to make sure and remind me to ask of, like, what it's not because mm -hmm. I'm picturing some of the things that I think people are going to start to try to lump into it. Sure. But before we get to that um, – we can talk kind of just the rest of them in terms of, I think we talk a lot because we're talking about being able to get into those different positions, control, stability, coordination, both for the takeoff and for the landing, which I think are two important parts of the jump, regardless of what the number is of a vertical test. We want to make sure that we're doing it safely, you know, correctly. All of those parts are important as well. Yeah, and maybe even more importantly for the uh, concept of improving your actual result is the efficiency with which you move. Yeah. Right? Um, just jumping or just getting strong doesn't make you more athletic. And if vertical jump is a great expression of athleticism in one small area, then just getting strong or just getting fast isn't going to be the full, uh, you know, full formula for improving your vert as much as possible. First and foremost, you do have to be able to get into position, right? The the counter movement before the jump, um, the hinge that's involved there, all of the things that uh, you know set you up for success in movement. 
are really important for setting you up for success in a jump specific movement, right? If you're not able to track knees and toes, you're going to one, lose the power production and then also set yourself up for injury as you right. talked about. Um, if you can't, if you're inhibited with immobility in certain areas, everything suffers, let alone your, uh, your maximum jump ability. Um, and then I think also important is, you know, core stability or just stability in general. If you don't have a really good, strong kind of midline that's going to stabilize your um, spine as well as basically connect upper and lower body, your ability to absorb force in a landing safely or transfer force in the actual takeoff, you're not going to maximize your performance in the test or on the field. So everything we talk about all the time is just as important for improving a vertical as it is uh, moving well on a field or performing uh, at your highest level without the you know severe risk for injury. So mobility moving through complete ranges of motion, stability being able to control those ranges of motion with strength, and then coordination learning to jump properly is probably the most important point we can make in terms of how do you improve your jump while well, watch most people jump yeah they don't know how to do it yeah it's it's awkward right um and there is some game gaming there you know improving your vertical jump so that you hit the highest ticker on the thing there's technique involved in that whether or not that's wildly important for on the field performance is maybe a different question, but there's a uh, consideration to be made for, have you learned how to jump? Have you learned even how to do the drill? Um, and can you do it most efficiently so that everything you're doing outside of maybe your coordination and movement and all these other things are actually feeding into the end result? Sure. Um, so yeah, certainly those are uh, important as well. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then the last part, which I know you want to touch on probably in a little bit of detail before we get in what it's not is just the capacity element of it i think you've talked about like setting up being in a good position all totally fair what about capacity just in general do you think of yeah talking about it and and i mention it because you know we always talk about our three things our power control and capacity um and i want it to be very clear that capacity is not just you know conditioning for fourth quarter you know type of um you know mindset or training domain because it plays a role in everything, just like a single rep max vert. Um, why and how? Well, like we've talked about, work capacity sets the foundation for basically everything else in your training. You know, so if you there's an article in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning that was, you know, basically how to improve jump performance, and the first four weeks of training in their you know suggested uh, training program was almost entirely driven by by work capacity. Um, and this is like Dr. Andy Galpin, like people that are extremely well um, respected and we've talked about a lot before. So work capacity is obviously important for a myriad of reasons in terms of setting a foundation, but um, if you look at the paths towards the paths towards uh, maximizing your vertical jump, there was an article that I think it was in Simply Faster that had a graphic that I loved. The very bottom of it was um, basically learning movement patterns, developing capacity through them. And then I think this is an important point to make too, is you need to be able to build some significant and functional hypertrophy through work capacity that allows you to handle all of those strength and power intensities yep. that you are then going to develop and use in single rep tests. Sure. Um, not to mention injury prevention, right? If you just absolutely, um, 
demolish you know your work capacity uh, from you know unilateral positioning and volume work so that you are always in the right position and complete stability all the time you're going to be better off anytime you jump maybe more importantly on the field but also in that one rep max test as well yeah absolutely that's a good a good breakdown for that one um, if, if you would just because I, I wanted to mention this uh, because this is something that I think is worth um, I forgot. We talk about power, which is strength and speed. We talk about mobility, which is coordination, um, you know, flexibility, mobility, stability. And then we talk about work capacity, et cetera. And I think a lot of people were like, well, that's what you guys, you know, I'm a basketball coach. You're looking at, that sounds more like football or that sounds more like multi-sport. I want something specific. If you Google how to improve your vert, basketball or even without basketball, USA Basketball comes up as one of the very first results. And USA Basketball is the governing body for the USA Olympic team that is responsible for training their athletes, managing all those schedules, everything. They have an article, The Science Behind Your Leap and How to Improve Your Vertical, and guess what it says? Power, strength, flexibility, and then it has a workout program that has capacity in it, it has upper and lower strength, um, it's everything we would recommend, but it's framed as basketball specific. So if you need proof that our athlete specific is also basketball, basketball specific, just Google it and you'll see that it, there really is no difference. Yeah. And I, uh, I think a good point to be made about all of that is like, there is that idea of like, even the basketball coach, we talk about it a lot. And I think it's important because there is that idea of buy-in or things that just say like, Hey, I want it to exist. Right. Like, mm -hmm. and you just mentioned, you know, you guys still drag out the vertical and it brings people to the gym Absolutely. that you, you wouldn't have. So there's merit to knowing like, hey, the vert test is a good test. More so, I think the case that we're making is don't put all your eggs in that basket, just like you wouldn't on any other basket. Right. Because there are all those other elements and everything else like that. If you're looking for the vert program, you're looking to improve your vertical, understand that there's all of those other elements that we just talked about. Yeah, if you ask me to circle what's improving our vert in the program, I'd most of the workout would be yeah. circled, right? Your core lift for strength would be circled. Your power work before that core strength lift would be circled. Any mobility stuff would be circled. Mm -hmm. Some of the capacity, especially if it's anything related to either, you know, speed capacity or even submaximal stuff with some, maybe some really light plyometrics because plyometrics are everything from walking to sprinting and yep. jumping. You could circle it all. And I think the part, I think the part that's hard and I think what I've started to work towards as in my own coaching and this is even, you know, swimming there's the pushing off of the wall which are basically you know underwater but like being able to frame all those things strength power blah 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 like what I like to do or what I like to try to flip especially for where it's like well why are we doing this why are we doing that is being able to position like think about what you're doing in our sport where it's not we're not doing sport specific training on dry land but I'm helping how does it translate? kids understand how it translates and I think basketball volleyball anybody could benefit from just knowing like yeah like i know you're looking for your vert program and your kids are asking for the vert program like you have it right like yep. if you have the well-rounded you have it you just have to you know try your best to be able to you have help to translate to it. it speak to it yeah um and, and rather just have the one on the big label at the top that says vert program well yeah we're doing our squats because it's going to make us jump higher we're doing those plyos beforehand so that we are um quicker and we can jump higher yep. we're doing our capacity so that we are setting a great foundation so that we can stay you know completely injury free and move better you know, all those things are yep. um you know worth being able to speak to for sure so we did the what it is and understanding how to translate and speak to it 
it, which I think is important. I think on the same vein is we don't want to get caught up in the things that it's not, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't want to go too far down the road of like letting especially kids and athletes think like, if I'm going to do this, because a lot of times it's like, all right, fine, fine, Coach Brez, like you're telling me that this is what it is. I'll take your word for it, but I'm still going to kind of sneak in a few extra things because I really want to work on it. Oh, it happens all the time. And and I think the biggest one we'll go right to, and you've mentioned it on a previous podcast, is the max height box jump. Let me stack the boxes. And I see it all the time too. It's just like, because it's cool. Like you can get up. Maybe not a great reflection of your vert because we've talked about it before. You're getting your just essentially your mobility, your hips up high enough yeah. that you can land. But w- let's talk a little bit about that because I think there are going to be a lot of kids. And the a direct example you used was the kid who every single day dragged out the every biggest day. box and tried to do it. Yep. Um, it, I think luckily in the last even year or so, we've seen far more gym fails on Instagram and Twitter with max height box jumps than we had seen where people were celebrating how high people could stack boxes and get to the top of it. I think we've high, I think most people, I hope most people understand at this point, stacking boxes as high as you can and jumping to the top of them really has no connection to your vertical jump or even your power development in the most literal sense because it then becomes more about how mobile you are, how you know high you're able to get your knees to your chests, um, how coordinated you are to get up over that box and land it, stick it, hold it. It's wildly dangerous if you get really, really high and it doesn't actually, it can, right? If you stack them really high, you have to actually get your hips up pretty high off the ground, but you don't need the boxes really high to get your hips high off the ground. A 30 inch box, even a 36 inch box is about all you'll ever need because even if you're jumping a 48 inch, 48 inch vertical, which is astronomical, by the way, you're not gonna get that much higher off of the, over the box. You don't need anything else to kind of incite you to jump higher. I'd say that Stacking boxes is unsafe and useless. Yeah. In the greatest scheme of yeah, things, of right? Um, especially with high school kids. If you see kids start stacking stuff up, now I'm worried because we've lost sight of why we're training. It doesn't gain us much. And now you're just asking for that one where it, they hit the heels, the box goes flying, they go backwards and land on their neck. Yeah. And again, it's all about just that translation. You know, it's, is it fun to jump to a high box? Yeah, absolutely. Is it's, it cool it's to target. see? It's cool. Let's try sure. to put it into some bigger bigger context in terms of what we're going for. And so then the, the sorry, I'll let you go I first just, before I translate. There's a reason that when we test the vert, it has nothing to do with boxes. Right. I think so, that's important to say. So, so then I think the next one in the same vein of boxes that I want to go to is almost like, because um, I think it, it directly relates, is that like then it becomes like the like volume heavy plyos i think those two start to kind of like let me do it every single day you know it's like the same thing of like you want rock hard abs do abs every day all right we're kind of starting to tax the same systems a little bit and running into some going against every other principle of strength and conditioning right right so that's the other one i see and i'm like okay like the box doesn't have to come out every single day i actually think this is maybe more so the biggest um culprit Uh, when it comes to improperly attacking, call it power or vert or jump improvement these days, is kids or coaches that are looking for high, heavy volume plyometrics every day. Yeah. Um, We've had 
people ask us like, you know, I need more jumping in my program. And it's like, well, hold up a sec because plyometrics are extremely taxing on the body because why, what are you doing? If you're doing them right, what are you, well, I'm sorry. If you're doing them for power development in a workout, if you're doing them right for that reason, you're looking at maximum intensity. Right, you're taking breaks in between. and High rest, low volume, just like your maximum squat, mm -hmm. right? Eight to 12 max height, uh, tuck jumps, broad jumps, doubles, triples, even box jumps with a moderate box that you're just trying to jump as high as you can and then land in a great athletic position at the top of it. You're not doing more than eight to 12 reps of that in any day. Yeah. And you don't need to do it every day. Yeah. So let me ask you this too, because I think this is the one that uh, I don't know we didn't write down in terms of our prep or anything, but is the, let me put a loaded barbell on my back and jump with that. And, or let me hold a um, trap bar, <laughs> yeah. or the hex bar yeah. and jump with that. Cause I think again, like, I think there's a lot of where we just associate like, okay, you're jumping and you're jumping with weight. So you're going to get better at jumping without weight. So it's going to improve your vertical. Yeah. Um, that, that's both not wrong. Um, but also we want to avoid thinking that that's like the secret sauce. Yeah. Right. Loaded plyometrics are a thing that exists and they're, they're good for you. They're, they're good for strength. They're good for power. They're good for a lot of things. Um, injury prevention because of the eccentric loading, you, you should not just say, oh, I'm going to load up my heavy squat and try to jump or load up my heavy deadlift and try to jump because that's going to make me jump higher. It's more if you are an experienced athlete that has worked his or her way through all of the you know, many different body weight or traditional plyometrics, there are certainly ways to then increase the difficulty, aka the intensity, if you're if your body weight, tuck jump, again, you can always make that high intensity. Yeah. But adding 10 pound dumbbells in either hand or a light trap bar, if it doesn't take away from your form, it's a nice way to add a little bit of extra intensity for sure. Yeah, and the reason why I ask that in particular is about loading things up and, and all of those different types of things is a lot of times like those are the ones like you have that equipment in your weight room, you have the dumbbells or the hex bars or the barbells that you can maybe add some loading to. And to your point, doing it correctly and safely has got to be like the priority. Um, the other alternative that people will go out and be sold on or want to invest in are some of like the more like the systems that allow you to do that bands or these band apparatuses that basically like are a finished product that are going to add that resistance. And mm -hmm. I think again, it's that idea of selling the, the better jump, the better vertical, the more explosive power um, that we start to get into looking at buying some of those things. Yeah. I think that the, the trap we fall into or many people fall into is, can be best summarized by jumping is the best and only way to get better at jumping. So the more of any kind of jumping we can do, the better. Yeah. And that's why, like, I, I honestly don't think you'd ever need anything other than body weight biometrics. Personally, if you're combining that with strength and, um, kind of middle of the ground, only type strength and power work and yep. then all your coordination, and everything else. Could you load up plyometrics? Absolutely. It's certainly an effective way. Do you need to go above and beyond and start, you know, really getting or buying or diving into things like those systems? Maybe not, right? I, they've done studies, like a literal study of comparing those systems versus 
uh, just strength training, strength training and plyometrics, just plyometrics. And there's no difference. Yeah. Like, there's no statistical difference between using those things. So, you know, going, I think what happens is you, if you, if you go above and beyond because your sole focus is on, on jumping, it's great that you want to focus on mechanics, learning to jump, maximizing your jump. That's all great. I think you can do that, especially in a high school setting, without ever really kind of stepping outside of your general most low-tech weight room that exists in you know the United States high school gym. Yeah. Right? So I don't think you need anything above and beyond because there's no guaranteed better result. There's no reason for injury prevention that you're not getting anywhere else. Um, so I think just knowing that jumping is not the only thing you can and should be doing to improve your vertical, mm -hmm. let alone your power development, let alone athletics in general. But a lot of people feel that way because for some reason, as we talked about, the vertical jump has just become synonymous with athletic ability, which is crazy because the highest verts in the NFL combine aren't the best athletes in the draft. Right. 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 They're not the most successful. They're not. The, there's so much more to athletics than the vert. And the vert itself is improved by a lot of different things. So just jumping to get better at jumping is just kind of spinning your wheels a little bit. Sure. All right. And I think that's a good place to start to wrap up. Um, I think where I want to end with sure. is like sell me on sell me on the conclusion of, you know, the athlete or anyone else that says, All right, I've heard you. I want your best kind of pitch in the in the package of and I know we basically just did an entire episode on it uh, right here, is that like, all right, you're saying I don't need the VERT program that's labeled VERT program because it doesn't really exist past the what it is. I do, however, want you know, I want to improve it. I'm a basketball player. I'm a volleyball player. Sell me why, you know, this program or, or what I'm doing on my day-to-day -day training, if I'm doing it correctly and with intention and focus, is going to maybe possibly help me long-term, improve my vertical and improve the things I'm looking for for my sport, basketball, volleyball, whatever it may be. Absolutely. And I'll just basically do the same thing that, um, you know, we already did, but summarize the same way I would with, you know, athletes is I absolutely hear you. And I can guarantee you that if you apply yourself to the program that we have here, you will see improvement in power, which is going to be directly visual in your vertical. Every athlete I've ever had improves their vertical if they work consistently. Why? Because every day of every week, we have elements that work towards improving that ability. One, power through strength and speed. So every day you're going to see something like a heavy deadlift, a heavy squat, even presses, etc. And then you're also going to see power development specifically with speed velocity training, aka either, um, you know, plyometrics at body weight or, um, you know, lightly loaded that are done at maximal intensity. We are working to jump as high and as quick as we can. Yep. Um, we're also going to work on your movement mechanics. You know, if you can't get into a proper squat, you're not going to be able to jump safely and effectively for your highest ability yeah. and your best landing that's going to keep you safe. Um, we're going to also work on your, your you know, hypertrophy, your stability, your work capacity over time so that every rep that you ever go to jump, you're best prepared and that that jump doesn't disappear the moment that you do anything um, that fatigues you even a little bit. So yep. every single day I can, I will, if you want to know what in every day is going to work your vert, 
I can sit there and tell you exactly how each piece will work towards that goal yep. uh, because we do them every day. Yeah, and I think the one, you touched on it earlier, um, and I, the part that I think stands out to me the most that I like to use um, is the efficiency component that you, you touched on. Because outside of anything else, I think what you talked about is like there are a lot of people that the second they go or they're tired or they're even not like totally locked in and, and looking up at the thing that they're trying to improve their vertical on, like they don't necessarily let their knees track over their toes. They don't necessarily get into a nice hinge position. Like right. the, the efficiency of those types of things starts to get lost pretty quickly mm -hmm. if we're not focusing on it and we're not developing strength and power and all of those other things that happen through a very well-rounded strength and conditioning program. Because if you don't have those things, it, it's basically you're losing out on a lot of what you could have, right? Well, yeah. Your potential. And, and honestly, like if somebody was really pushing back, I would just say, okay, look, I like the vert test. We do the vert test, but it is not even a primary test within our program. It's one of many. And why? Well, do me a favor. I want you to go watch an entire game that you played in, and I want you to record how many times you actually did a max two-legged stationary, mind you, no right. run up, no lead up, right. it's from a dead stop, max vertical jump. If you come back to me and say it's more than just a handful in any one game, and a handful of jumps amidst an hour or two-hour game is almost inconsequential. Yeah, why so focus on that if there's expand your horizons yep. with what you think is going to make you the best athlete. Watch your game and figure out where you actually, not what you think would have made you a better player because oh, I then I can dunk, I can touch rim, I can block shots. Go and watch your game in each possession in basketball. What would have made you better on that play? I guarantee you jumps are lowest on the list. Yep, for sure. And I think that's a good point and, and a great place to land is like the amount of times that that event that we're talking about is happening within a larger context of someone playing or performing a lot of those sports is, is very minimal. Even in volleyball, you could use the same exact thing. Like, you know, the amount of times that you're, I mean, unless you're standing at the net and jumping up to block, which is certainly a part of it, yep. but you're moving side to side. You don't know where Think it's coming from. all of the agility involved. Right. There's all of that that it's it's not to knock the jump itself. We're still, as we've talked about in great detail, working on it. But like, if you focus, and I think this is where I want to close it too, is we want to make sure that it's really clear that like, we're not talking about like, you know, don't do it at all. You said you did the test. I love it for it. It was yeah, my favorite fun. because I was excellent at it. Yeah. Right. I but, loved it. But like you said, if we put all of our eggs into that basket, if we totally zone in on the vert and we just lose the agility, lose this, like all those other things, that it's then now we're already sacrificing it, the bigger picture. Yeah, I think that that and also it's really important to get athletes to understand what truly impacts their play on the field. Yeah. Right? Just getting them away from being sold things by people. Make you faster with this. I can jump. have you jump higher with this. I can make you a better quarterback with these drills. Well, let's step back. What will actually make you better? Let's think about this. Let's like break it down together. What has held you back? If you can't box up, if you get boxed out because you are a twig, it doesn't matter how big your fur it is to go get that rebound. Yep. You need to put on some strength and mass. Maybe that should be our, 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 our kind of focal point during our training. Again, it's all going to be the same stuff, but maybe your, your mind has kind of expanded. You translated to, What the are other the way. other things that I want to get out of my training? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. That's a great place to stop. I think a good conversation around the vert, one of which some coaches and, and some people that might listen to this might still 
be uh, dig their heels in, come talk to us, reach Please. out to us. We're happy to chat. And again, like I said at the beginning of the episode, do us a favor. If this is something that's of interest to you or you think a coach um, might want to check it out as well, send them the link to this uh, podcast at platform.com. We appreciate kind of the, the spread of some, some conversations and happy to have people join us along the way as well. So Absolutely. with that, remember at Platform, it's always in pursuit of better.